If you would, open up your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of John, chapter number 11, and we're going to start off there, and we're going to continue in our series that we started last week called I Will Rise. And the Bible says, now this is when Martha came to Jesus and was questioning Jesus about him not showing up on time for Lazarus, and she comes in and says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet he shall live. And whoever believes in me and lives, he shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into this world. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, last week we talked about I will rise, and we answered the question, does he love me? Many of us question the love of God in our approach. We question the love of God in our actions. We question the love of God in our conversation. And Jesus answered our approach with his approach. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. He answered our actions with his actions. He was despised, rejected, and beaten for us. So he answered our questions with his actions. He also answered our conversation with a conversation. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And and if anybody lets me in, I will come and eat and sup with him and we will have fellowship together. So God wants to fellowship with you this morning because he wants to rise your life to a place that it's never been before. The title of this morning's message is Rise to the Occasion. This morning we're going to talk about two different miracles that took place. In fact, the miracles have a lot of the same content, but we're going to learn this morning that one was an instance... And one was an occasion. One was an instance, and one was an occasion. Let's read about the instance right quick. The instance took place in Luke chapter number 7 and verse number 11. And in the Bible says, Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. And as he drew near the gate of the town, behold, a man who died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the coffin and the bearer stood still. And Jesus said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Now, how many of y'all know that would that not be the greatest thing in your life for you to be in the midst of the most trying, devastating time in your life? Something horrible has taken place, and in walks Jesus on the scene. We don't know much about this lady. We don't know if she was a believer or not. We don't know if she was in church every Sunday or not. We don't even know if she knew who Jesus was or not, but all we know is that she was walking with the crowd of people weeping and mourning. He was walking with the crowd of people because they had seen miracles he'd done. They come in contact with each other, and Jesus sees the coffin, lays his hand on the coffin and says young man I say to you rise up and the young man rose up and a miracle took place and he gave him back to his mother and everybody celebrated amen thank you Jesus we serve a good God right amen how many y'all love that to take place in your life amen but how many of you know that many times we don't encounter the God of the instant but we counter the God of the occasion and I'll get to that in a minute but if we are immature in our Christian walk we will celebrate the God of the instance and not worship the same God who's trying to make an occasion out of the circumstance of your life. Now, I need you to bear with me on the occasion side because we'll get to that in a minute. See, we'll celebrate the God for the instantaneous miracle and say, oh, for sure that was God because God showed up. But many of us, we won't choose to celebrate the same God of the occasion because we think God's four days late sometimes. We think God didn't show up on time. In fact, when we meet Jesus, instead of greeting him, we run out like we talked about last week. He said, if you had shown up on time, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And we don't celebrate the God of the occasion as we do the God of the instance. 
Now, the difference between an instance and an occasion is simply this. An instance, an instance takes place when something amazing and miraculous happened and a lot of people witness it. Okay, that's an instance. An occasion takes place when there's a bunch of people who are involved with it, not only witness it, but become affected by it. Amen? See, if we're immature, we want the God of the instance, not the God of the occasion. See, your life is not just your life. God needs to make an occasion out of your life, not an instance, because God doesn't just want people to witness you. God wants people to be affected by you. And so if we don't begin to understand, we're going to praise the God of the occasion, not just the God of the instance. We want to praise the God of the occasion. In fact, more for the occasion because the occasion affects more people than the instance. Now I'm going to get into my first point here and let's talk about the occasion. The occasion is this. Now listen to how John 11, 4 through 6 starts out. When Jesus got the message of Lazarus, Jesus said, this sickness is not fatal, but listen to how he phrased it. It will become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's son. And Jesus loved Martha. Now listen, this, this, um, I had to put this part in here to answer last week, okay? Does he love me? Now Jesus loved Martha, and he loved her sister Mary, and he loved Lazarus. But oddly, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed on where he was for two more days, and after two days, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And that's taken out of the Message Bible. Now listen to what he says. He says, this sickness is not fatal, but it will become an occasion to show the glory of God. Now let me explain the difference between an instance and an occasion. How many of y'all went out to eat sometime this weekend? How much plans did you put into going out to eat this weekend? Not much. That's an instance. How many of you know that going out for dinner this weekend and your wedding were two different things? Okay, you had, thank you, Brother Andy, he ain't afraid. He's like, yes, brother, come on now, <laughs> preach it, get it going. See, the instance doesn't take much planning, but you still have a lot of people around you, and they just witness what you act. An occasion is completely different. An occasion, understand this, an occasion is planned, it is deliberate, it is not casual, it takes time, and it has a process, okay? An occasion is planned, it is deliberate, it takes time, and it has a process. How many of you know that when you were planning for your wedding, you know that you were planning for an occasion? How many of you, your spouses, let you plan, help plan the wedding? Men or so you thought. Honey, what color flowers do you like better? The red or the purple? I learned to answer real quick. I just want them to be alive. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And y'all pray for me after church. <laughs> I'll take the red ones, honey. Well, I kind of like the purple. Okay, we're going with purple. Honey, which invitation do you like better? Do you like the ones that are long ways up and down, or do you like the ones that are, are, are landscape? Well, I kind of like landscape. Well, I was thinking long ways. Okay, we're going long ways. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you know your wedding was an occasion that you planned? It was deliberate. It took time, and it had a process. And when you were in the process of it, people weren't only witnessing you getting married. They were affected by your marriage because all of you had a reception. They were affected because they got cake and ice cream for coming. Some of you go above and beyond what me and my wife did, and you put on a whole meal for a reception, so people are greatly affected by the occasion of your wedding. A amen? So you have an instance, which is going out to dinner. It took no planning, no time. It was not deliberate. In fact, we had to figure out how to do lunch yesterday because we're new to this whole baseball thing, okay? And we didn't realize that once you got to the field at 8 a.m., you're there till 2, 2 p.m. I mean, we just didn't realize it. 
And there had to be two little boys that got lunch somewhere in there. So our instance was, hey, we got 45 minutes, let's go to McDonald's. Amen, that was an instance. There was no planning, it was not deliberate, it was not a process. And we ran to McDonald's and drove back and we still got back late for pictures. But there was an instance. Our wedding was a whole different deal. How many of y'all have gone just out, out, out and spent the night somewhere? We're just like, honey, let's just go out next week. And we're going to spend the night at a hotel and whatever. An instance night out is different than a vacation that you've planned. Amen. I love vacation planning. In fact, I do the vacation planning in our household. In fact, the wedding occasion planning and the vacation occasion planning flip roles. Honey, I would like to do this, but you know, honey, I would really like to go here. She's like, okay, we'll go there. And so there's planning, there's process, it's deliberate, and it takes time for an occasion to take place. Now, remember what I said earlier, if we are immature in our faith, we will celebrate the God of the instance, but not celebrate the God of the occasion. We'll celebrate the God that says, yes, thank you, Jesus, for this quick lunch at McDonald's. But how many of you know that it didn't affect a lot of people? They just saw you there when actually the occasion of the wedding affected people. It affected people. See, God wants you to realize this morning your life is not an instance. Your life is an occasion. You were not put on this earth to be here for a bleep second and then be gone. You were put on this earth for an occasion for you to affect the lives of people. And for you to affect the lives of people, you must begin to interact with people. Some people you don't want to interact with. Some people you may not like to interact with. But by and large, your paths begin to cross and you have an effect on somebody else's life. Amen? And so if we're going to be mature and we're going to rise above our questions, our circumstances, our conditions, and our critics, we're going to have to understand that we serve a God of the occasion, amen, as well as the God of the instance. I have no issues believing God wants to do an instantaneous miracle in every one of your lives. I have no, I have no issues believing that. I also have no issues believing that God wants to use Cody and Jana in their business and God will make Cody and Jana's life an occasion in their business to bring them across 35 to 40 other businesses that need the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so instead of God just saying, Cody, I need you to not, I need you to not bail on me. Don't run away from me. I need you to trust me because I can't do the instance with you. I'm making your life an occasion for the glory of God. See, many of your lives, God understands that you're growing in your Christian faith and he's using your scenario right now to make your life an occasion for the glory of God. And so he's not doing the instance. But we got to get to the point where we trust the God of the occasion as much as we trust the God of the instance. We got to trust the God of the occasion as much as we trust the God of the miraculous instantaneously. Amen. Because listen to the story of Lazarus. You know, Lazarus was raised from the dead and so was this young man. The difference is, how many of you have heard of the story of the widow from Nain before this morning? But everybody's heard of Lazarus. See, I began to trust God in my life, saying, God, make my life an occasion, not an instance. Bring me across as many people as you need me to be brought across with to accomplish something great for your kingdom. I want to worship the God of the occasion as much as I worship the God of the instance. How many of you, if you were, if you were at the Way Bible Church when we were back at the We'll just say the hotel. If you, were, if you worshiped with us when we were at Country Folks Inn before it got torn down and into shambles, I want you to just stand right now. Been with us from the beginning. Damon and Laura were there. Amen. I know Linda Rankin's here somewhere. I saw her. I know Jason and Angela's here at the hotel with us. So you guys, listen, keep standing. These people here, y'all are thinking, that ain't very much. There weren't very many of us then. Man, the first three years, I was happy that we had a high attendance of 12 on a Sunday. Amen. So, so we got a lot of people retaining. Amen. That's good. Praise the Lord. And so you guys, welcome to an occasion, not an instance. Now, now, dad and mom, if there were times when God said, hey, I'm going to have to take you a little bit longer path, but I need you to stick with your son and his bright idea and this occasion that he had, because it's not going to be an instantaneous where he's got three people tomorrow and 
5,000 in two years, it's going to be an occasion because I'm going to bring him past a million people in Sulphur Springs in this region. See, God wanted to have them part of an occasion, not an instance. And when Jeff and Amy moved down from Tulsa, they agreed to an occasion, not an instance. And when Damon and Laura got on board, they agreed to an occasion and not an instance. And I don't just refer to Carol. When Carol and Miss Nanny got on board, they became part of an occasion, not an instance. And, and, and Linda, bless her heart, when she, she believed in me, and I don't know if she came just because she, she didn't like anybody else. She just liked a small group of five people. Amen. And then when we moved to another building, bless her heart, she said, Joel, this is getting a little too big for me. We had 15 people. <laughs> In my immature state of mind, I was mad at God and questioned his love like we talked about last week because I was thinking in my mind, God, you are the God of the instance. But not realizing he was not just wanting my life to be an instance, he was wanting to make it an occasion. There was planning. He's been deliberate. He's had a process the whole time. And when I begin to get wise and see God's process and the deliberate plan that he's laid out, he begins to do things in my life. Now, how many of you, if you were here at the time when we moved to the old building on the North Davidson Glover Street, would you stand? The building on North Davidson Glover Street. Go ahead and stand. Amen. We got them standing in the balcony and people have be, been with us for a little while. Amen. Now, if you were with us when we, in the first year of being on this facility, would you stand? Amen. Now, if you began to come to this church in the past three years, would you stand? Do you see how God's made an occasion? Well, everybody should be standing because if you're here today, you've been in the past three years. So, I mean, <laughs> now that all of you are standing, do you realize now that you didn't know it when you walked in, but you have become part of an occasion for the glory of God? You become part of an occasion that God says, Joel, I need you to trust me because it may not be exactly where you thought it would be 13 years ago, 14 years ago when you started this, but I'm not done with you yet. I need you to hang on because this is going to result in an occasion that's going to bring God glory. It's going to get there, Joel. I'm good. It's going to get to where I've called you to be, but you got to hang there with me long enough so I can have an occasion because remember what Jesus said, the Lazarus that I'm going to raise from the dead, this illness, he said it from the beginning, will not not result in death. Now listen, if we're immature, we're going to think something's died when God says, no, really it's just asleep and I'm going to rise it back up. And so this morning, if there's something in your life that you say, God, I can't believe it's just not happened. Don't put something to, to the deathbed that God says is just asleep. There's some things in your life, some dreams, some visions, some plans, some processes that you're going through, a deliberate plan that God has you marked on. Listen, God says, don't put it to death yet because I've just said it's sleeping. It will not result in death. But it's going to result in an occasion for the glory of God. You may be seated this morning. It's going to result in an occasion for the glory of God. And as it results in an occasion for the glory of God, we love this scripture that says, Pastor, I love Jeremiah 29, 11 that says, For I know the plans God has for me, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me a hope and a future. Now I want you to say it like this. For I know the occasion God has for me. Okay, because what you're saying when you say, I know the plan God has for me or the plans God has for me, you're saying, I know the occasion God has for me. And when you change it to an occasion, that means you know God's deliberate, he's intentional, there's a process, and there's a plan that he's working on. So if we can stand here by faith and claim Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans God has for me, you can say, I know there's an occasion that I'm involved with, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me a hope in the future. The difference is God's got you in the realm of an occasion because he doesn't just want you blessed and prospering, he wants to bless and prosper the people you come in contact with as well. And so as we get to ready to serve the God of the occasion and worship the God of the occasion and not just the instance, we've got to understand that God has great and mighty things involved for you. Now, this next point that I'm going to make is in this occasion that takes place, other people are meant to be affected. 
And we're going to read through four little parts of this where other people were affected. The first people who were affected were the disciples. Verses 1 through 10 talks about Jesus and Peter's dialogue. And Jesus said, well, Jesus, if he's just going to sleep, he'll be fine. He'll wake up. And Jesus said, no, he's really died. And we're going to go raise him up from the dead. So the disciples begin to be affected. Now listen to this. When other people get involved in an occasion, and this occasion was a circumstance, something beyond everybody's control, when other people get involved in an occasion, in every group that's involved in the occasion, there's going to be a critic in every group. Amen? Now, if we're rising above circumstances, conditions, questions, and critics, we're going to have to rise above the critics. Now, listen, we're in Jesus' inner circle here. The first people it affected was the 12. Now, listen to verse number 16 on the critic, and this is Thomas. And Thomas pipes up and says, Thomas, the one called the twin, said to his companions, the other 12, come along, we might as well go die with him. Uh, really? Hey, negative Nancy out there, I mean, seriously? Jesus said, we're going to go raise somebody from the dead. And Thomas says, well, let's go. We're just going to die right along with him. It's going to be an occasion. You're going to have a critic in every group. Jesus had one of his big 12s be his critic. I mean, doubting Thomas, even at the end when Jesus was resurrected. No, I want to stick my finger in your hands and put my hand in your side. I got to make sure because I really don't believe. Now, listen, in every group, you're going to have a critic. And when critics are there, that's your opportunity to rise above. That's your opportunity to rise up. Now, how did Jesus answer Thomas? How did he answer Thomas? He didn't. He ignored his critic. He ignored his critic. See, many of us, we miss the occasion God has for us because when a critic arises and says, I really don't like that, and well, let's just all go die with him. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Jesus. You start battling your critic, and you miss your occasion. You start battling the negative Nancy in your circle or your criticizing Curtis in your, in your life, whatever you want to call him. I'm not picking on women here, okay? Some women are like, why has it got to be Nancy? <laughs> See, I already got a critic. You don't even like the name I picked out. I mean, I was trying to pick a name that I didn't think anybody had in the church, so you wouldn't think I was talking about you. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but see, I already got critics because you're mad at the negative Nancy term. Uh, I mean, see? Now listen to me. In every circle, you're going to have a critic. They're going to be there. Who cares? I mean, what are you worried about? God's on your side. My wife says, good, I'm going to make him listen to this over and over. Because when he comes home whining and complaining that somebody didn't like what he said, who cares? <laughs> come on, not my mom's even clapping. Amen. Mom's like, come on. I love my daughter-in-law. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Keep him straight. I told you all I'm going to get into a personal side of my life that I don't let you all see very often during the series. Just, Honey, it's okay to laugh. You're all right. I'm embarrassed now. Now listen, you're going to have critics. The innermost circle of your life, you're going to have critics. They're going to be there. The one at Thanksgiving who comes to the one at Thanksgiving and they don't keep up with you and your family all year long and they brag about everything great that they do and they try to downplay everything that you do. Who cares? Smile at them. Love them. I mean, raise them from the dead when they die early. I mean, I... <laughs> you're going to have critics out there. Now, the next part we go to, so he had the critic in the Big 12, and now Jesus goes and he takes the Big 12 with his critic along. Amen. Bless God, we're going to continue to grow as a church. We're going to get into the thousands, and we're going to watch God move all around the world, and some of y'all are still going to be negative, Nancy, but I'm still going to take you right along. Amen. I'm going to bless your life, because that's what we do. We don't stop for critics. So now Jesus gets outside the 12, and he goes into the family, and Martha runs out to meet him. And now Jesus just said, I love Martha, I love her sister Mary, and I love Lazarus. Verse 4, that's what he said. I love them all. But Martha comes out. She's his critic. You know, Jesus, if you would have been here two days earlier, he wouldn't have died. Jesus, you need a schedule keeper. You got too much on your plate, Jesus, because my need wasn't met. 
Y'all know how that is. Some of y'all know how that is because you're in my office, pastor. I think you got too much on your plate and you're the one in my office. You're telling me I'm doing too much and you got too much on my plate, yet you're in my office on my plate. And so when, you, when you're coming in and Martha, she's like, Jesus, your schedule's just too busy. You should have been here two days earlier. We called and told you and I even heard you knew that he was dying. Because listen, Jesus knew. He said, we're going to wait here two more days. I'm not done with ministry yet. I'm not done with what God called me to do here yet. And he goes on to clarify from the very beginning of the story, this will not result in death, but it's going to be an occasion for the glory of God. And so when your critics rise up on the next realm, and that would be the family realm or the next realm of circle in your life, okay? Whoever that may be, it may be your coworkers, it may be your, your close group of buddies that begins to criticize every decision you make. And here's how it goes. You and your spouse get, a, get in a fight. You get in a fight. Well, you should have just left him last time he did that. Mm-hmm, I told you. Or you and your men, you get around, man, I can't believe my wife, she, this old nag, yep, that you know that girl over there likes you, mm-hmm, and you know she's hot for you, mm-hmm, you got critics in your circle, critics telling you you should try and do something a little di different, telling you you should try to work it a little bit different, you should try to act a little bit different, you should, you should have took the better option. <laughs> See, the grass always looks greener on the other side, but when you get to the other side, you land in the sticker pile and you still realize it's got to be mowed, okay? And so you got critics in the realm of the disciples, in the realm of the family. But now listen, there's more than just those two groups of people. Now this is how you know it's becoming an occasion because there was more than the disciples, there was more than families because the Bible goes on to say there was a bunch of friends that had gathered around there with them. And with all the friends that had gathered around there with them, the Bible talks about them in verse 19, then it goes on from friends to address the crowds of people that have gathered around there with them in verse 41 and 42 because then Jesus looked at all the friends and then he says to the others... Go ahead and take the stone away. So he wasn't talking to his disciples. He wasn't talking to the family. He wasn't talking to the family's friends that was close. He looks at the crowds and all the others and says, some of y'all way in the back that are criticizing, take the stone away. And here's their criticism. You know, if this man is the one who healed blind eyes, if, the, if this man is the one who made the deaf hear, couldn't he have kept this man from dying? Amen. You're having critics in every circle. So when an occasion arises, you're having critics in every circle. Remember the occasion of the wedding? I've been in more weddings than, than I can even count now, doing a lot of them. And you know what I tell the bride and the groom when we have pre-wedding talks? I say, listen, whatever you guys want in this wedding, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to, and then I don't look at him, I look at her and say, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and then I go ahead and specify, this isn't your wedding, this is her wedding. Amen. Some of y'all are like, ooh, I should have had him do my wedding. <laughs> this is your wedding. So whatever you want, just let me know and I'll take care of it, okay? Because I realize when I take care of it, it doesn't matter if they get mad at me because they're going to see me for two hours on the wedding day. you got to put, put up with them for the rest of your life. They're your in-laws. So I ask people, let me handle the situation. And I promise, wedding rehearsal will take 30 minutes. We'll be out. And they're like, oh. And so to the crowds, he begins to address. And the critics that were in the crowds, just like your wedding that you spent months planning, the first thing that happened when people sit down, ooh, I wouldn't have done the flower arrangement like that. Mm-hmm. And then even Martha goes back to criticizing Jesus. Jesus, wait, don't take the stone away. It's going to stink. See, if we're going to rise to the occasion, we're going to have to rise above the critics. The way Bible church to shine brighter, shine farther. Y'all, when we begin to, as, as we are rising to the occasion, we're going to have to rise above the critics. We're going to have to rise above, well, that church way out there, I don't know what they do, but they just got a bunch of people coming. I don't know how they're doing it. Something just must not be right. They're growing. I've had that said to me before. Something just must not be right. Y'all are growing way too quick. You do good and you get criticized. You do bad, you get criticized. And you wonder why so many people quit the ministry. I mean, it's just can't do nothing right. So you don't worry about your critics. 
You worry about pleasing God. You worry about following the call of God on your life. You worry about doing what God tells you to do. You concern yourself with making sure God gets glory because of the occasion in your life. Your family, your extended family may not agree with every decision you make as a husband and a wife couple. Your in-laws may not like it. Your outlaws may not like it. Your second cousin down the road is for surely going to criticize it because he don't know nothing that's going on. You cannot worry about the critics. You must obey the call of God on your life. You must begin to follow it and rise above the critics. If you can't rise above the critics in these spheres of influence that you have, you'll never rise above the critics on a national stage, on a world stage for God to make an occasion for the glory of God to be shown forth. we got to rise above. And listen, I'll take criticism outside these four walls all day long as long as I know you got my back inside these four walls all day long. Amen? It doesn't bother me what the critics outside these walls say. But I, the people who you love the most... When they criticize, it hurts the most. So begin to watch what you say to the people inside these four walls because literally the people inside these four walls love you the most. They worship with you on Sundays. They gather with you on Wednesdays. They teach your children on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and on Sunday night discipleship groups. They, they pour into your youth groups uh, with these four people over here every single time that they can. They love you the most. They love you, and you love them. And so inside these four walls, let's not be critics. But let's rise to the occasion because God's making the way Bible Church an occasion for the glory of God. God's making TWBC an occasion in this region for the glory of God. God's using us inside the building, outside the building, outside the city, outside the county, outside these four walls. God's making an occasion, church. And the thing is, if we're not careful, we'll celebrate the God of the instance, but we won't worship the God of the occasion. So you see how he's developing this an occasion. Now we got a whole crowds of crowds of people around. Now listen, an occasion, remember this, it's not for just you, but it's to bless somebody else. And listen, verse 45 says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, seen what they had did, or seen what Jesus had did, and they believed in him finally. See, the occasion of Lazarus' death was not for Mary to get upset, was not for Martha to become a control freak, and we're going to learn about Martha next week, the control freak. And so I shouldn't have said that because all my control freaks aren't going to be there, but all my Marys will. And the next week we're talking about Mary, the emotional one. So the next week all my emotional ones will be gone, but all my control freaks will be back. <laughs> Amen. No, be here for both. Rise to the occasion. Jesus said in verse 45, many came to believe in him because of this occasion. Now listen, the first instance that we read with the widow and her son that was raised from the dead in, in, the, in the town of Nain, it just said many people heard the report and went out and talked about it. This says an experience happened where Lazarus came forth and many people believed on the Lord Jesus Christ because of an occasion. See, the first instance didn't say, nobody, didn't say anybody came to believe in Christ. The second one, the occasion, it says many believed in Jesus Christ from that day on. Now listen, I am not orchestrating and, and I'm not telling you that bad things that are happening in your life is because God's making an occasion out of it, okay? Don't take that because many of you and you're in your bad conditions because conditions are things that you made decisions on and got yourself into. Circumstances are things that you had no control over but they happened anyway. If you find yourself in the midst of a circumstance, get ready because God says, I will work all things out together for good to those who love me and are called according to my plans and purposes, who are called according to my occasion in this life. See, many of you are in circumstances. Our whole city was put in a circumstance last week. We had no control over the people breaking out of prison. We had no control over it being put on MSN, CNN, Fox News. We had no control over these things. What we did have control over was how we were going to make this an occasion for the glory of God and watch God come through in a real and mighty way. See, some of you get put in circumstances in your life that you have no control over. You get bad diagnoses from the doctor. 
from the doctors. You get bad reports from your friends and your family. You, get, you, get, you find yourself in places in life where you say, God, I don't deserve this. And God says, I know. But don't just worship me as the God of the instance. Worship me as the God of the occasion. Because if you trust me, Joel, I will make this an occasion for the glory of God. But you got to trust me because it's not easy sometimes. And building a church and growing a church and planting a church, it's not easy sometimes. But I'm trusting that God is using this as an occasion to show his glory. Not an instance, not a flash in the pan that's just going to come and go through our city. Amen. I want to be around for years and decades to come. Now listen, great oak trees aren't grown overnight. But when they're fruitful and when they grow and when the weather gets dry and when the weather's good, they're still there. And they still keep producing and their leaves still turn green. And God creates an occasion out of every area of your life. I'm going to close with this. And I want you to be thinking in your life right now, God, how can you use me for an occasion? And I've got to close with this point because if you don't remember this point, you'll never worship the God of the occasion. Many people forget the very first point. And he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. Don't let your occasion die when God said it ain't going to die. Some of you have had callings on your life. Some of you know God's asked you to do something. And you actually stepped out and started it at one point. You actually stepped out into it at one point. You actually tried it at one point. But because you had critics, you let it die and said, surely that must not have been God. Listen, when God says it's not going to die, it ain't going to die. Even when it looks to you like it's dead. Even when everybody else says it's dead. Even when you're crying like it's dead. And God said it ain't going to die. You've got to trust that he's the God of the occasion. You've got to trust that he's the God that's going to bring you through. You've got to trust that he's the God who's going to rise you above. You've got to trust that he's the God who can make a barren womb fertile again. Amen. You've got to trust that he's a God that can bring a, a marriage that's ended and you've already got divorce papers signed and in the mail. That he can still reconcile and redeem a lost and dying and dead marriage. You've got to believe that he's the God when your kids have grown up and they've ran off and they're living like hell and you raised them in the midst of heaven. That God is not going to let your children die, but he's going to make an occasion that takes place for the glory of God. You've got to start believing that God's the God who still raises from the dead even if it's not in the instance and it's going to be in the occasion either way you had two people being raised up from the dead the difference is the god of the occasion affected a bunch of people and they got born again in the process in your life this morning god wants to use you for an occasion and i love the line that queen esther was told by her uncle for who knows that you have been called into the kingdom of god for such a time as this who knows that you have been placed in Sulphur Springs, Texas in 2013 for such a time as this. And I'm going to pick on somebody this morning. I'm not going to pick on them. I'm going to raise them up to another standard this morning because they deserve recognition. And, and, and Sherry Chester, I'm going to point you out that you have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this because what you have done in our school system and the plan you implemented last year, how it protected all of our kids this year, who knows that you have been called into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. And Mitch, I'm going to pick on you, and I'm going to pick on uh, Kelly Weiser and Tony Krause and, and Brandon Mays and Aaron Hanna and all these other police officers that are in our city. Who knows that you had not been called into the kingdom of God for such a time as this past week that took place in our life. You four here, who knows that you have not been called into the kingdom for such a time as this to witness to our kids in the midst of what was happening last week. Now, what did you do last week? What happened? You've been called into the kingdom for an occasion. Circumstances beyond our control, but... Oh, but how God can use the believers even before we knew what was going to happen to make an occasion bring glory to the Most High God. And I know there's a ton of other people who deserve recognition in this room for things that you've done and things that you've gone through and how your life was not an instance, but it's an occasion and you came through and you've witnessed to people and you've brought them through tough times because of your occasion and you deserve glory and you deserve praise. Listen, you're going to get it. God has not forgotten about you. And I want you to use your occasions this morning 
to bring people through, to bring them to the other side, to not let their dreams and visions and passions die, but to rise them up to the next level. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning.